0: Good evening, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So, over the last, actually about six months, we were looking at a series on prayer, and last week we finished that up. So, on Wednesday nights, our goal here is to focus on prayer and witnessing, and just equipping us to be ready to... Um, to teach, and who uh, sometimes you need to preach, and also to pray, um, just so we're doing what the Lord has left us here to do. Um, So with the ending of the prayer series last week, we're going to start a a new series tonight, um, a new study that actually was um, written by, well, um brother Doug Hammett, um probably 20 plus years ago. Um now I remember the I was looking up the recordings of this study, and uh the first time it was preached was back in '98. Um and then it was re retaught a couple of years ago by Pastor Roland Hammett um there in Emmaus. But what we're going to do is look at this um, study called Salvation Bible Basics. Over well, it's designed to be a four week Bible study, uh, one hour each study. I think what we're going to take is probably about half a study over the next um, several weeks. Um, so, word willing, the next eight weeks. And we're going to look at this study. Now, there's two perspectives on this. Um, Bible study. The one we're going to look at tonight and moving forward is the perspective of the teacher of the study. That's the way this book uh, that I have is written um, from Brother Doug's perspective and why he wrote this study and how to actually teach it and the perspective that the teacher needs to have um, while doing this study. If you want the other perspective of actually doing the study, there is a recording um, that I could get to you, either video or audio, of actually... pre. It's almost like preaching through this or how you would actually do it yourself. Now, um, I've, I've taught this study before to an unsaved person, and... Um, And that's the goal of this study is to, if someone who's unsaved um, or seeking, someone who might actually be saved, but they don't understand a lot about the Bible, this is a very base study that, I mean, it's called Salvation Bible Basics. Um, We're not going to get into the splitting hairs as we were talking about uh, on, on Sunday, but it does go through, uh, the study goes through some of the, well, the basic salvation um, elements that the Bible teaches, and just to get to the point of bringing someone to the point of realizing, okay, have you made a decision for Christ or have you not? That's, that's the conclusion of the fourth study, uh, we'll, and we'll get there in a couple of weeks, um, but I'm going to be mainly reading through uh, the booklet, um, again, from the teacher's type of perspective. Um, and I actually have a outline that if you want to do a study like this with someone who is not saved or someone who's looking just for truth, that's the basic outline. That's the basic of this study, trying to bring someone to understanding these different points, um, just seeing what, what God says about you or about someone who's lost. And there's a lot of scripture. Of course, I mean, it's a Bible study. We're going to be using the Bible a lot. And the point of this is just to show someone this is what the Bible says, and bring them to that point of understanding enough that they can get saved um, and see what the Bible says about that. So tonight we're going to look at uh, the first two points in this outline. Um, so if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And then before we get to that verse, I'm just going to read some of the the introduction. Um, of this study, and I've already touched on a couple of these points, but I'm just going to read that here. Uh, And again, this is from the perspective of uh, Doug Hammett. Now, when Pastor and I were talking about this study on Sunday, um, it was interesting the point he made. Like, Doug Hammett came from a Catholic background, so he has that perspective when he taught this, like um, coming from that background he now has been a missionary in Africa for over 10 years, maybe 12 years, uh, pushing 12 years now. And some of his newer Bible study materials, and we might get to those after this study, it, it, does, it has a different perspective because it's coming from like an African type of perspective or people who didn't have um, a Christianized type of um, background. Um, but, with that said, this perspective from this Bible study is probably more of an American, Christianized perspective, and that's why it would be uh, applicable for us um, here today. So, I'll just get into the introduction here. Often when people pick up the Bible and try to read it, they can't understand it. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that people who do not know Christ as their Savior will not be able to understand the Bible because they do not know the author. They cannot know the book. The Bible just cannot make sense to them. I remember the first time I got interested in the Bible. It was before I was a child of God. I had heard about the Bible, so I decided I would read it. I picked it up and started to read it, but I did not understand what I was reading. I didn't even know where to start to read. Since there are 66 books in the Bible, it is hard to know where to start. In order for us to understand the Bible, we have to start off with some very basic material. First, we need to understand the basic concepts of the Bible. Let's look look at it this way. Suppose you went to visit in a foreign country that was very uncivilized, and you went way back in the bush country where the natives live who have never been out to see civilization before. They had never seen an automobile in their lifetime. If you told them, we have an automobile at home that we drive around in. Do you think they would understand what you were talking about? No, of course they wouldn't. Imagine trying to describe something as complex as an automobile to someone who doesn't understand what you're talking about to begin with. How are you going to start? You are certainly not going to start with details such as different models of cars or the options available like air conditioning, leather seats, automatic windows, etc. Those things are going to make absolutely no sense to them you're going to get right down to the basics. The wheels, seats, an engine, the steering wheel, brakes, etc. Those are the kind of things you will need to start with, doing it in such a way that it makes sense. So he says a couple more things, but basically the idea of this study is, again, getting to the basics, not going to the complex parts. I mean, Brother Walters, you've been in the ministry for many years, and I'm sure there are things you see in the Bible that, I mean, it, there's a lot, a lot you can dig out of the Bible, but there's a lot of basics, and that's the goal of this study, getting down to the basics so people can understand salvation, which is, I mean, that's the basis of Christianity. If you're not saved, you're not going to understand the Bible. Um, so... We're going to start out with looking at things God way, God's way. Uh, in this study, we're going to look at things the way God looks at them. In 1 Samuel, we have a story about Samuel, the prophet of God. God has told him to go and anoint the next king of Israel. He was to go to the household of Jesse and ask him to call in all his boys. Samuel went as God commanded, and Jesse called in his sons, but he only called seven of them. Samuel looked at the oldest son named Eliab, and thought that surely he was the one God wanted. And then First Samuel 16, verse 7, which says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God rejected Eliab, because he could see his heart. God knew he would not make a good king for Israel. Samuel went on down the line looking at each of the sons. Each of the young men looked like fine, strong, brilliant young men on the outside, but God rejected each one. Finally, Samuel asked Jesse if he had another son, and indeed there was another. David was out taking care of the sheep. He was called in, and the moment he walked in, God spoke to Samuel and said, That's the one. Anoint him. God's explanation of the whole thing is right there in verse 7. God looks at things differently than we do. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He, looketh, he looks on the heart. He knows what a person is truly like. When you and I look at people, we make judgment calls. We make decisions about those people based on the way they look, the way they dress, outward things we are able to observe about them, or the things we hear them say. But we don't really know what goes on Inside of another person's heart. Uh, the Bible tells us that when God looks at people, God doesn't judge the, by outward appearance, God judges by what is on the inside. God knows the truth of the matter. I don't know why God rejected the first seven sons of Jesse for some reason. Those men were unfit for the job of being king, but God knew that David was just the man. He was the one whom God had chosen. David was just the man to accomplish the job God wanted to done. As we go through this study, we'll be looking at things from God's point of view. How does God see things? How does that affect our lives as people? We find God's point of view in the Word of God. That will be the foundation of everything we talk about. So, the first point of this outline is we need to show people God's perspective and that God sees the heart. Uh, And I know these are things we've all heard. Some of you probably taught them. But some people haven't heard these things, So we need to show them, okay, this is where God looks. This is God's perspective. God looks to heart, and God judges by truth, and His truth is in His word. and that's what we're going to be looking at here next. Um, eventually, every one of us is going to have to face God. We will stand before God and we will answer to Him. It is a fact. one day you are going to die. No matter how well you take care of your body physically, it doesn't change the fact of death. Sooner or later, that body of yours is going to give out. Death is sure to come. It became slower to some than others, but it's going to come to all of us. And the Bible teaches us that we'll all stand before God someday. And then Romans 14, 12. And going through this study again, you're not going to be, when you're doing this study with someone, you're not going to be sitting there just reading the book like I am right now. It's one of those things you need to know the verses. and You've got to really make it your own. Like um, when I was studying this booklet to get ready for the teacher to someone, I wasn't going to be reading this through. I mean, I made highlights in the book. So um, just, again, coming with that perspective trying to get across these main points and the main verses, because, um, I mean, it's a Bible study to show someone uh, what God says. Uh, Romans 14:12. So then everyone shall give account of himself to God. When you stand there before God, he is going to have you give account for your life. He is going to ask you some very important and serious questions, and you are going to have to answer for your life and how you lived it. Um, He gives an example here of being in school and having a test, and you can have different examples. You can pull examples from your life or maybe um, assuming something about the person you're doing the study with, Um, but when you're in school and you're coming to a test, you'd really like to know what's on the test, of course. Well, at the end of our life, we're going to have a test. We're going to stand before God, and the Bible tells us um, what is going to be on that test. Um, and Romans 2.2, 2, the Bible says this is what's on the test. Uh, we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And then the Bible tells us where that truth is found. John 17.17, 17, which says, Sanctify them through thy truth, that word is truth. Um, the only place where we can find truth is in the word of God. Other books change, but God's word remains the same throughout the ages. Um, one thing going through this study, it's like, okay, we've looked at apologetics here on Wednesday nights. Um, I think we did like a year worth of that. Um, before that, we looked at Romans Road, um, and then we've also looked at the Ten Commandments. This Bible study combines a lot of those things all together. So some of this will be a review of what we looked at before, but just the more we do, the more we rehearse these things, the better it will be um, to that will remember them. Um, I'm going to skip a couple sections here, but... Um, we need to see that the bible is truth. We saw in John 17:17 17, 17, that truth equals the bible. According to God, the bible is the truth he has given to us. In 2 Timothy 3:16 through 17, the bible says, "All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly f- furnished unto all good works." The Bible claims that the scriptures, another word for the Bible, were given by inspiration of God. And the word inspiration means God breathed. Um, as he was writing, he says, the words I speak are Doug breathed. The words I'm speaking right now are Andy breathed, etc. We un- we all understand that. The Bible is God's words. God breathed them. And 2 Peter 1.21 the Bible says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And again, these are verses that we've heard a lot. We know these verses, but not everyone has heard of these verses. So we don't want to take these things for granted. Um, some people say the Bible was just written by men, but that's not what the Bible claims. Remember, we we're trying to understand how God views things. God says the Bible didn't come by the will of men. A bunch of fellas didn't w- one day sit down and decide to invent a new book and start a religion. This sort of sounds like what pastor was preaching on Sunday morning. The Bible wasn't created in the mind of some prophets who wanted to have a book named after them. Um, I mean, some of those things that the prophets wrote, uh, I wouldn't want to have recorded that, but God had them write that. The Bible says these men didn't do this by their own will, but they wrote these things by the will of God as they were moved as the Holy Spirit of God carried them along. Now again, I'm going through some of these things kind of fast because we know these things. We've heard these things most of our lives, but again, the point of this Bible study is to point people to Christ. They might not have ever heard these things, so They might have questions. They might have, they might be confused. You might have to park on a certain spot. So you have to be kind of flexible sometimes with doing this study. Um, But again, we're just getting to the truth. The Bible is truth. And then here's the point, uh, getting into some um, apologetics. Um, Consider the facts. The Bible is made up of 66 books. Literally, we could say that the Bible is like a library of 66 books put together into one book. The Bible is written down by 40 different authors, um, 40 different men who lived over a period of time of about 1,600 years. Most of these men never, ever met each other. Most of the men never even read the writings of the other authors. Yet, when you put all 66 books together, they perfectly agree with one another and I mean, that's just an astounding fact. I mean, it's God-breathed. Like, there is no secular writing that can even hold a candle to what the Bible says and how perfect it is. And, uh, of course, there's no contradiction from Genesis to Revelation. Um, And he says some more things about apologetics, but we need to know our Bible. We need to know some of these facts to present them. Um, and again, you might have to park on a section like this at one point when you're going through this study, depending on the background of the person there. Um, but we need to, get, a point to uh, get across the point that the Bible is truth. Um, and then... Let's consider also the prophecies of the Bible, uh, of the Scripture. We looked at that when we went through uh, the study on uh, apologetics. If you need to go back, listen to those recordings, look back at the notes on that. There is, there's many things that we can show people that the Bible is truth. And um, we need to get a point uh, across the point that the Bible is truth because, I mean, that's what we're founding our faith on. Um, and, uh, of course, 2 Peter 1.19, the Bible says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Um, Peter, who wrote the book of 2 Peter, had seen Jesus transfigured on the mount with Moses and Elijah. It was a spectacular sight, quite a miracle. But he realized that the written word of God, again, going back, hearkening back to Sunday morning, the written Word of God is more powerful, more sure, more steadfast than seeing a vision or seeing a miracle. That is exactly how God views His Word, as truth. This truth, the Bible, is what will judge you and judge me one day. So, um, Tim, we start, we're going to be going over uh, the Salvation Bible Basics uh, from Brother Doug um, over the next several weeks. and We're just looking at the first two points tonight. Um, That's actually where we're going to stop tonight, but then we're going to get into next week um, looking at God's standard, uh, the standard of truth, the standard that the Bible sets forth. We're going to be looking at the Ten Commandments, Um, and unfortunately, these days, there's probably less and less people who even know what that is, but... um, the Ten Commandments are still a very convicting thing. It's like this is what the Bible says. And honest. if people, people are going to be honest, I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I've broken all Ten Commandments at one point in my life. Um, we're going to get into that uh, going forward and then um, continue through these lessons over the next several weeks. Again, just as a resource for us to be able to teach God's word to someone who's looking um, and also strengthen our faith um, and just, again, see what the, what the Bible says about salvation and how great a salvation that we actually have. So That's where we're going to stop tonight, um, and then we'll, we'll pick up with the study next week again.